Hey guys, today we're going to talk about how to build the life you want. I'm going to give you a four-step process for doing this. It can be applied to every area of your life. It's simple, but it's not necessarily easy. But if you follow it, I guarantee you will build the life you want. Here's the process. Step one, find a should versus want conflict in your life. You run into these all day long. You want to do one thing, but you feel that you should do something else. And should versus want conflicts come in all different sizes. It can be as big as, I don't want to work here anymore, but I have to make money. Or as small as, I want to interrupt this person who keeps taking over my meetings, but it's not polite to cut them off. When this happens, you feel tense or frustrated or resigned or restricted or many other uncomfortable emotions. And the first step is just noticing when this happens. Because too many of us just blow past all of our should versus want conflicts, thinking that they're just inevitable facts of life we have to resign ourselves to. And never realizing that they're a solvable problem that we can sit down and figure out. Here's step two. Resolve the conflict in a way that gets you everything you want with no shoulds. So very often, there are genuine wants on both sides of a should-want conflict. So when you think, I want to interrupt this person who keeps taking over my meetings, but it's not polite to cut them off. There are wants underlying the I want to interrupt this person side. Things like you want to keep your meeting on track, you want to give other people a chance to weigh in, and you want to signal to this person that they're taking up too much airtime. And there are probably some wants underneath the it's not polite to cut them off side too. They could be things like you don't want to hurt your relationship with this person and you don't want to embarrass them in front of everyone else. And at the same time, there are often some pure shoulds mixed in as well. So underneath the it's not polite to cut them off side, you might have a pure should that is you should never interrupt someone when they're speaking. And the way that you know if this is a pure should for you is if no part of you actually wants this. It's 100% something that you think you have to do with no want mixed in at all. Once you have your list of all of your wants as well as the pure shoulds, it's time to get creative. How can you get all the wants with none of the shoulds? How can you keep your meeting on track give other people a chance to weigh in, signal to this person they're taking up too much airtime, while also not hurting your relationship with them, not embarrassing them, and courageously allowing yourself to interrupt someone while they're speaking. Do not let your brain tell you that it's not possible. There is always an answer. Don't go to work reconciling yourself to your sad reality. Go to work figuring out how to have it all. If it's truly not possible, I want you to prove it through action and experimentation, not through resignation before you even get started. Now, step three, take action that grows your nervous system capacity in bite-sized, manageable ways. First, let me explain what I mean by nervous system capacity. How do you feel when you imagine yourself doing the following things? going down a playground slide, jumping down from a three foot tall ledge, zip lining 30 feet in the air, and skydiving from 10,000 feet. Chances are, 
you probably feel very comfortable about going down a playground slide. You're not scared of it ahead of time. You can easily do it anytime you want to with no preparation, no warning. You'd feel comfortable the whole time you were doing it and you wouldn't need any recovery time afterward. All of which is to say, you already have the nervous system capacity to go down a playground slide very comfortably. Now there was a time when you were really young when going down a slide did scare you, but you did it multiple times. You gathered concrete evidence that it was safe and that nothing bad happened to you. You don't just know in theory that it's safe. You know from lived experience that it's safe. You know it in your bones, AKA in your nervous system, not just in your head. So now you can do it confidently without thinking about it. And skydiving is probably on the opposite end of the spectrum. Sounds pretty scary ahead of time. If you know that you're gonna go skydiving tomorrow, you might be nervous all day today in anticipation. You would definitely want some preparation before you did it. You want an explanation of how this works and you definitely need an instructor to be strapped onto your back and come with you. And you'll be freaking out the whole time that it's happening. And you'll probably need some recovery time afterward to calm back down and return to equilibrium. All of which is to say, you do not yet have the nervous system capacity to go skydiving comfortably. Never done it before. You know in theory that it's safe, but you don't know that from lived experience. You only know it in your head, not in your bones or your nervous system. And the best way to grow your nervous system capacity to be able to go skydiving comfortably is to go skydiving lots of times. Show your brain the evidence. Let it learn through lived experience that this is perfectly safe. And if you do it enough times, it'll become as easy as going down a slide. In fact, your skydiving instructor, who's probably done over a thousand jumps, is bored on their jump with you. This list above also shows you that your nervous system capacity for doing things is on a spectrum. It's not all as easy as going down a slide or as hard as skydiving. There's a lot of room in the middle. Jumping down from a three foot tall ledge might make you slightly nervous. You'd be able to do it and dust yourself off pretty fast. Zip lining 30 feet in the air might be pretty scary, but you'd be able to jump off the platform with a nudge and probably be pretty excited to do it again by the fifth or sixth time you do it. Going against your shoulds also requires growing your nervous system capacity because your automatic brain genuinely believes that adhering to your shoulds is keeping you safe. Going back to the example of interrupting that person who's taking over your meeting. You might know in theory that it's okay to interrupt someone, but you don't yet know that through lived experiences. In your bones, AKA in your automatic brain and in your nervous system, you still believe that it's not acceptable to interrupt someone and that if you do, everyone will be mad at you. So feel nervous beforehand. You may need to prepare by building the case for why this is helpful for everyone and maybe even practicing the exact sentence you'll say when you're gonna cut it. You'll feel very nervous as you actually do it because you're doing the thing that your brain is convinced is not safe. And you may need some time afterwards to calm back down and reassure yourself that it went okay. And the more times you do it, the more you will show, not tell, your brain through concrete evidence that violating this should is safe and that you actually can get everything you want and disregard this should and everything turns out fine. 
Now, there is no need to shock your system while doing this. Make it bite-sized and digestible. Growing your nervous system capacity is not that different from working out. When you exercise, tire your body out, you push it a bit past its current capacity, you create micro tears in your muscles, and then your body rests, recovers, and comes back stronger. Each workout grows your body's physical capacity for activity. But working out too hard, too fast, can cause injuries and set you back. Growing your nervous system capacity works the same way. Push yourself in doable, bite-sized, manageable ways. Get consistent reps. There is no need to go crazy. Doing too much, too fast will only shock your system and set you back. So as you prepare to interrupt the person who keeps taking over your meetings, here's some of the lower intensity warmups you could do. They could be things like watch someone else interrupt someone and take note of how nothing bad happened afterwards. Ask a friend to talk while you practice interrupting them. Practice interrupting someone else in a low stakes one-on-one -on -one conversation. There's no right answer in terms of what you should do. What matters is that it feels like a stretch, but still doable to you. And then keep going, keep growing your capacity in this area until following your wants with no shoulds in sight feels as easy as going down a playground slide. And finally, step four, experiment, experiment, experiment. Because here's the reality that you're gonna run up against as you start following your wants and growing your nervous system capacity to disregard your shoulds. You are not going to get the exact result you want every single time. If you knew exactly how to do this, you would have already done it. And you haven't already done it, which means that you are going to have some fumbles as you figure out how to do it. You'll try to cut that person off and they'll just keep talking over you. Or you'll break in and they'll get really annoyed at you afterward. Those fumbles are not a sign that you should stop, give up on your wants, and retreat into should land forever. They are just a sign that there's something you haven't yet figured out. You had a hypothesis of what would work. You tested it. That hypothesis was disproven. Gather the learnings and move on to the next experiment. And by the way, this is also why it's important to keep things bite-sized and manageable in step three, to prevent big blowups that send your animal brain scurrying back into the cave, never to come out again. It will take some iteration to figure out how to do this, how to honor all your wants without deferring to shoulds and get the external results you want too. But this iteration is worth it. Figuring out how to get everything you want and charting your way of doing things takes work. Resigning yourself to your shoulds and squishing yourself into a box also takes work. You have to do work either way. And I'd rather have you do the work of being creative and courageous while you build the life you actually want then do the work of being disappointed and constrained while resigning yourself to the life that you have no choice about. We talked through just one example today, but in the next few days, I'm gonna share more examples of how I've used this process to build the life I want across a variety of areas like my career, food and weight loss, dating and relationships, whether or not to have children, and how I run my business. Because it turns out the shoulds don't stop coming just because you're the one in charge. And guess what helped me completely transform my life across multiple areas in just a couple years? You guessed it, it was coaching. Not because coaches are unique geniuses with all the answers, but because a coach keeps you focused, 
on track and accountable as you run the systematic process. And because a coach acts as a thought partner while you problem solve how to fulfill all your wants without succumbing to the shoulds. And a coach helps you learn the tools to work through all the big emotions that come up while you're growing your nervous system capacity and running these experiments. Coaching is the best investment I have ever made because it unlocked my ability to create everything I wanted in my life. And now I want to do for you what my coaches have done and continue to do for me. Let's get started today. Go to the link above and book a free coaching consult.